Welcome back to the Not Quite Compassion Podcast. This is episode number 11, uh, which is entitled In or Out. Uh, So, fair warning, just got back from vacation, so feeling like really relaxed. We spent a week in Seaside, Oregon, and uh, just had the best family time. It was just good just to throw the frisbee and make a sandcastle and um Laura's whole side her whole side of family is down there, my family too, I guess. And and uh it was just it was just a sweet time together. So, feeling a little a little relaxed uh today. So, let's get into it. Uh I mentioned last week in episode 10 Ladders, Castles and Weddings how um I talked about spiritual growth and hey bud You good? I love you. That was my youngest. Just walked in. All right. So um, talk about spiritual growth and uh, how it's it's not really like a ladder. It's more like a castle. And uh, it's more like a wedding that we continually grow in our capacity to love. See, Goober. And it's more dynamic than it's static. It's about uh, a direction rather than destination. So I want to spill that over into um, how we we talked about spiritual growth and how we see view ourselves. Now let's talk about how we how that viewpoint helps us see others. There we go. Got to the intro. All right. <laughs> um, when I used to be uh, so we're for Sir Seattle, uh, we had a bunch of interns, young adults, awesome individuals that would come from all over the world to come serve the city of Seattle, uh, and everything from homelessness to sex trafficking to um, refugee resettlement to addiction recovery, mental illness, you name it. I mean, it was just like really incredibly amazing, beautiful people uh, that came and served um, the city and the people that we love. And uh, I was in charge of kind of like training them, I guess, and helping them understand God more fully. And I did this exercise every year that was my favorite. And what I would do is I would uh, have this big circle in the middle of the floor. And I used a a big rope and I made a huge circle, enough to be able to put 20, 30 people inside a circle. And then I, as people walked in to do the exercise, I gave them each a card um, and, and, taped it to their back so everyone else could see what was on the card, but they couldn't. So stole it a little bit from an office episode, if you know. Anywho, so on the back of the card would be all kinds of um, uh, comp, uh, aspects of someone's identity. So it, uh, on the back of the card, would some would say Christian, or another one would say um, Muslim, Buddhist, um, Jew, um, atheist, agnostic, Others would say um, straight, gay, lesbian, bisexual. Um, some cards would say um, porn addict. Another one said porn actress. Um, other ones said um, a Pharisee, uh, pastor. Uh, I mean, you name it. Just a variety of different kind of like components of potentially someone's identity. And uh, and granted, super oversimplistic simplistic exercise, but what I would have them do then is I, I let them know that after they mingled a bit, and they weren't able to tell others what their card was, but they could just mingle. And I told them, okay, inside the circle, that big rope circle represented Christianity. And I left it 
purposely ambiguous. <laughs> and outside of the circle represented non-Christian. So inside circle, Christian, outside circle, non-Christian. And I just said simply, okay, for the next couple minutes, your job is to tell people whether they're in the circle or out of the circle. Ready, go. <laughs> and the awkwardness ensued. It was so much fun watching people mingle and just judge the internal destinations of others <laughs> and and getting arguments about whether or not someone should be in the middle or not, whether a greedy person should be in the middle or a gluttonous person or um, an atheist or agnostic or whatever it might be. And so people would kind of take people that were in the circle that they disagreed with and put, take them and put them outside the circle. And you couldn't change. You, you just had to go along with it, whatever someone was directing you to do. Uh, so we allowed the tension to go for a bit. And at the end, then I just kind of called it and, and decided, okay, this is where we're going to land things. And I had certain, a good amount of people inside the circle and a good amount of people outside the circle. And then I asked everyone to take their cards off and look at what they were. And uh, just a fun exercise to help people feel the impact of what it feels like to be in or out. And this is so often how we define Christianity is entirely in terms of in or out. Um, and I would ask, and some of the results were fascinating. Like I noticed oftentimes the porn addict made it inside the circle, but the porn actress made it outside the circle. Which is that's that was more common than not, which I thought was fascinating. Um, oftentimes, people would put the agnostic on the outside, and so I would ask the question, "Okay, what's an agnostic mean?" And people would say, "Well, it's someone that doesn't quite um, believe, and they don't know who God is all the time, or they don't know they have doubts and questions about who God is." And I was like, "Okay, well, for you, have you ever f- felt like an agnostic? Have you ever prayed and wondered, is anyone even listening?" And they said yes, and so then I was like, "Well, the, in that moment, does that mean you're outside the circle now?" Just trying to just shake things up and get them to ask questions that normally we don't like to ask about this idea of in or out. Um, and then, okay. So then I would change the circle around a little bit and I would, uh, have everyone come sit down and, uh, I would explain to this, this, this idea of in or out a circle, um, is the traditional way that we view Christianity. And it's, it's the official mathematician mathematical term for it is called a bounded set. And actually, the originator of this idea, this concept, is a guy by the name of Paul Hebert. And uh, before he was a really great mathematician, um, brilliant, uh, understood math theory, and this was one of the theories of his math. He was, before that, he was a a, um, missionary kid in India. So he grew up watching his parents interact with people from different cultures and different faith backgrounds. And he was fascinated by the conversations his parents had. They were really loving, caring people. But he wasn't so interested in being a missionary. He was passionate about mathematics. And so when he came back to the States, he developed a uh, math theory that aligned better with how he saw his parents communicate faith. And he saw the traditional way is a bounded set. And bounded sets aren't necessarily an evil thing. Like they're helpful ideas in our culture to have very clear understanding whether you're in a group or you're outside of a group, right? It's very helpful to know who you are and what group you belong to or don't belong to. This can, like for, okay, for our seaside trip that we had earlier, it's very clear who is a part of our our family group and who's not. You know, like we didn't invite some rando uh, off the boardwalk to come in for dinner because well they're not part of the family like they're probably I'm sure a nice person but like that we're having dinner with the family that's inside the circle 
everyone else that's not the family is outside. So only inside the family gets to go to dinner. You know, sometimes it's helpful. It's not a bad thing. But the point is that bounded set ideas of viewing the world don't work for every aspect of our reality. Some questions can be answered in a bounded set framework, and other questions simply cannot. For example, if I asked you right now, um, have you ever played an instrument? It's a very bounded set question, right? It's very kind of straightforward. Either you've played an instrument or you haven't. I didn't ask if you were any good at playing an instrument. I just asked, have you played an instrument? Bounded set. Now, what if I asked you the question, do you consider yourself a musician? That's a different kind of question. That question doesn't fit into a bounded set. Why? Because you, a musician, whether you consider yourself a musician, if that was the circle, right? And you're inside the circle if you're a musician, outside the circle if you're not a musician. If you're inside, a musician is probably someone that really, really enjoys playing an instrument. Someone that maybe thinks they're pretty good at it or maybe other people think they're good at playing an instrument. Someone that currently plays and enjoys instrument. You, know, you could have someone that used to play an instrument back in high school in a garage with a, 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 a ragtag band they had, or they went through their emo phase, but, <laughs> but they don't, haven't played in 20 years. Would they consider themselves a musician? Probably not. Do they, would they say they play an instrument? Yes. Do you see the difference? Some questions can be asked and, and defined very easily. Other questions about our reality do not. Some are bounded some are different. Um, and, and the thing about when you apply bounded set, a bounded set framework to faith, to Christianity, to this idea of following Jesus, it gets problematic because it's static in nature. It's different than how we earlier last episode, right, described spiritual growth as dynamic. This is defining spiritual growth or spirituality as static, that once you're there, you're in. It's very, very clear, either you're in or you're out. And ultimately, it's about a destination that you arrive at rather than a direction you're headed. And in static and in, in bounded set thinking towards faith, oftentimes a lot of pride can well up. And we've all seen this, right? This is, this is why we, we struggle with the church is because when, if, if a group of people all see Christianity the same way in a bounded set framework, they're going to have a sense of pride around it because they all believe we've all arrived. And it's because we all manage to accept certain beliefs about the world and that's what's got us in the circle and if you're outside the circle sucks to be you but we're inside the circle because we all decide to agree about the same things it's inherently exclusive in nature right you can't get around that as much as you put all or welcome on your billboard out front of your church the the way you view the world and reality and faith is inherently in exclusive terms and it's almost focused entirely on agreement, which we've talked about before earlier, right? It has very little to do with belief. It's more about do you agree with certain things that the person up front or the church you belong to states as beliefs? If you agree with that, then you crossed over and now you're inside the circle. And it's, it's about being certain of those beliefs because if there's any doubt, then that could actually get you outside of the circle and you want to stay inside the circle. 
right? But here's some problem though, is if you're not careful, the circle can actually get smaller. And you've seen this, we've all seen this, right? So it's no longer about believing a certain core dogmatic beliefs of like the Nicene Creed. But now it's about, well, I'm a Christian and I voted for Trump. Or I'm a Christian and I think abortion's always wrong all the time. Or I'm a Christian uh, and I speak in tongues. Or I'm a Christian and I went on a mission trip. Or I'm a Christian and I believe in social justice. I mean, you can slap on as many things as you, ands as you want, but every time you do, the circle gets a little bit smaller. And if you're not careful, you could wind up having the circle big enough for you, your maybe your spouse. <laughs> I've seen it where that doesn't even work. You, you, your spouse, and like the favorite podcast you listen to, right? Like, which by the way, if you look at the world like that, I'm not gonna make your circle for sure. <laughs> There's just a matter of a time, amount of time till I say something that you're gonna disagree with. <laughs> and I'm gonna be left outside your circle. And it sucks to be left outside someone's circle, right? It doesn't feel very good at all to feel like you once were in and now you're out, but it feels good to the person that's still in the circle. And that's why bounded set ideas of Christianity have been so prevalent for so long because man, does it feel good that if you're in, that you're actually in. You could add all kinds of things like reading the Bible and prayer, but eventually the circle can get smaller. And ultimately the circle, another problem with bounded set, is it, it's ultimately built upon what we are against, you know? Because in order to know that you're in, you have to be clear on who's out. And so to know that I'm in as a Christian, I have to make sure everyone understands that the Mormons are out. In order to make sure that um, everyone knows I'm in the circle, uh, I won't drink alcohol and I'll make sure everyone else on the outside knows that they're on the outside because they do drink alcohol. I mean, you know, see how that works? Like you, we define the circle, the edges of the circle by what we're against, not just what we're for. Okay. I've beaten that thing to a pulp. Now let me give you a better way of looking at faith because not all questions of life are bounded set. Not all ideas of answering questions about our existence are framed only in in or out. Let me give you a way that Jesus framed it. In the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 9, he told this story. And this has saved Christianity for me time and time again. I love this story. Okay? It's real short. Here it is. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Okay, right away. (laughs) It's almost like he's like, to some that looked at things in bounded set ways. (laughs) Here's your story. Okay, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And here, I believe Jesus gives us a different way of viewing faith, of viewing Christianity. Because in this story, you have the person that thinks they're in the circle, 
is actually Jesus says, no, you're out. You're actually on the outside. And the person that totally assumes that they're super on the outside, Jesus is like, yeah, that's the one that's on the inside. I mean, he destroys the whole concept. I mean, the entire economical system that's built for that. He destroys in this beautifully told story, right, of hope, of a different way of seeing it. And so instead of a bounded set, um, our friend Paul Hebert came up with a different way. He called a centered set. And in the centered set, instead of a circle, you just have a point in the middle. Okay? So no more circle. And in the points, we could label that the person of Jesus. And there's still people all around in, 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 vicin- in the vicinity of that center point, right? And there's, um, just like there was in the circle, there's people that were like closer to it and farther away. But instead of like them just standing still, they're moving each and every person in relationship to the center. Some are headed in the direction towards the center and others are directed in, in a way of away from the center. Okay, and and so in this, there's it's dynamic. It's about movement. It's about direction rather than destination. And it better answers the question of: well, Do you play an instrument or do you consider yourself a musician? Right? Because if I ask, if I set this diagram up for you with that question of: Do you think you're a musician? You would be able to place yourself in that graph. You'd be able to say, "Well, yeah, you know, the center is musician, and uh, you know, I actually." Um, used to play really a ton. I used to be in a band, but I haven't played in a long time. So I've actually played myself close to the center because I know a lot of things about music, but I haven't really, I'm not really going that direction anymore. I'm actually pursuing accounting. And so you'd point away from the center, but you'd be really close to the center. Or maybe others of you, you'd be like really, really far away. And you're like, you know what? I totally consider myself a musician, but I've just picked up an instrument like two weeks ago. And I just fell in love. And it's like, I feel like the world turned into 4K around me all of a sudden. It just changed my life. It's a way of expressing myself I never knew I could before. So if I had to put myself in your your silly little situation, Kyle, in the center is musician, I put myself way on the outside because I still don't even know like charts and graphs and chords. (laughs) I just know that when I play a guitar, it's incredible. And I come alive. So I'm going to put myself way on the outside, way, 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 way far away from the center. But I'm pointed towards the center because I can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning and grow and learn more. I'm starting to practice my chord sheets and it's coming alive to me even more. Everything I learn is becoming awesome. So I'm heck yeah, I'm pointed that way. I just don't know a whole lot yet. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, it's such a better way of, of understanding faith. So you got the person that like, that that sure they they went to the christian college and and they accepted jesus and they know all the four spiritual laws and man do they listen to christian music but you know what they just they just don't really even their faith the the last time they've authentically just communicated with god the, the last time they felt as if the holy spirit is moving and transforming their lives and those around them. The last time they felt an urge to be more generous than they would ever be on their own. I mean, the last time they exhibited the fruit of the Spirit, it's been a long time coming. So yeah, they, they might be close to the center, which would be Jesus, but they're, they're not headed towards it. They're headed a little bit away. Or maybe it's the person that doesn't know a lick about Jesus and, and just never grew up even understanding or learning or anything. They're just It was a non-issue. But when they heard that story about 
a shepherd that would leave 99 sheep just to chase after you, something in their heart sparked. Like their soul awakened a bit. And they're like, man, that's that's beautiful. That sounds true to me. And so they might not know anything of like all the agreements you're supposed to have about Jesus, but they're they're walking towards that direction. Or maybe it's someone that's just like really passionate about refugee resettlement because they're like, why in the world would we not welcome these people? They're human beings. And they don't know anything about Jesus, but they know that if there, there is a God, he would care about those people. Perhaps, maybe, just maybe, that person's headed towards the center. And so when I uh, see the world and see others in a centered, set kind of mentality, I can offer them a gift rather than taking something away from them. I, I look and I ask questions and I, I seek to try to understand, like, which direction are you going? You also care about refugees? Man, I'll, I'll walk with you because it's not about, like... Whether I'm in or out, it's like, are you going the same way I am? Then heck, let's walk together. That sounds beautiful. Isn't that great? Like you can offer someone a gift rather than taking something away from them. It's more inclusive in nature. It's um, And ultimately too, it, it follows with the idea of being a follower of Jesus. Because if I'm going to follow anyone, I'm not going to stay in the same place for very long, right? Because I think Jesus moves I think I probably should too. My faith should grow is what I mean. It shouldn't be static. It should be dynamic in nature. And ultimately, it allows us to ask better questions. Like bounded set questions are classic ones, which we hear all the time that the people in the corners with an agenda trying to get you down this track to agree with certain things ask you. They ask you things like, do you believe in God, right? That's a very in or out, yes or no kind of question. But it's not compelling. And people simply aren't asking that question anymore. Another question is, do you know where you're going when you die? It's a very clear, like, yes or no kind of question that's not compelling to people. Better questions, centered set questions, are questions like, what do you think God is like? Or what about this? What does a meaningful life look like? What about this? What do you think is really beautiful about this world? These are questions that come from a centered set perspective that look for a way to walk and journey together. Okay, so what about, if this is, if this is really a better way of understanding faith as, as a centered set versus a bounded set, as something that's dynamic rather than static, something that's about direction rather than destination, then what about truth, Kyle? Like, isn't Jesus true? And what are you saying? You're saying all roads lead to Rome? You're saying like all religions are basically the same? No, I'm not. And in fact, the reason why I'm not is because I actually think that's insulting to other people that believe things differently than I am. Because I'm saying like, oh, we all basically mean the same thing. And I'm, I'm lopping them into mine and I'm oversimplifying and reducing all the hard work and, and um, time and toil and late nights that they've stayed up wondering about the existence and reality and world that we live in. And I'm saying, oh, we basically all just believe the same thing. It's actually, frankly, it's a little insulting to people that like there can't be actual differences and that they don't have their own mind and they haven't thought through these things just as much as I have. So I went a little further on that than I thought I would. <laughs> so I'm not saying that all roads lead to Rome. I do think, though, Jesus loves you and I so much, he'll run down any road to come get you. And if you keep following and going in the same direction of what's really actually true about this world, about existence, about life, 
and what love is, if you keep going down that road, what's really, really true, I think it dead ends at the person of Jesus. And the reason why I think that is because Jesus said it of himself. The way he talked about himself, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So he's not just saying, hey, I say things that are true. You know, if you're looking for like good true statements to Twitter about, you should totally listen to what I say. No, he's saying way better than that. He's saying, I actually am truth. I embody truth. If you're looking for what's true about this world, you will discover me. Because I am everything that is true. And that's what I love about the centered set. Because it, if I keep following what's true, I end up with the person of Jesus. Because he is the very identity of what is true. It is knit into the fabric of his DNA. Okay, what about repentance then? Because, heck, if we're good evangelical Christians, it, it's all about repentance. About, it's about turning away from sin. And, and, and the idea of repentance, guys, is it's in the Greek, the original idea of it is a simply a turning of direction and which model do you think that works in better like frankly it works better in a a, a centered set because i'm headed one direction that doesn't lead to life that it's not actually true and i hear from the center god calling me and saying turn around this is where love is this is where truth is this is what life is to go this way and he even puts people around me that are also going that way. And he invites us to walk in a journey together. That should be the church, by the way. I mean, that's, that's repentance of, of recognizing that this way I'm going doesn't lead to life. And Jesus invites me to turn and move towards the center. All right, does that help? Because um, it's sure helped me a lot, man. It's, it's really shifted the way I see others. Like I'm no longer looking for like ways that we disagree I'm I'm looking for ways that we do agree. I'm no longer looking for like the the chink in their armor or the way to win the argument or the way to prove that I'm right and that actually they're wrong. I'm actually looking for like what's true about your life and what's good and what's noble, what's pure, what's life-giving, what's loving. Let's walk together that road. Because if we walk together, I, I bet you will discover Jesus. I bet it will be beautiful. I mean, that's that's what I want. I want to journey together with people. All right, I got to wrap this episode up because the kids are getting restless. <laughs> and we got to play some munchkin. So, okay, let me pray. I think we should probably end with that. We've never done that on a podcast before. We've never. Okay, let's, let's pray, shall we? <laughs> uh, Jesus, I actually think you are true. And that's why I can ask all these questions and poke holes and everything. Because I, I think... I think if I look for what's true, I'm going to discover you, Jesus. And so if we're going uh, the wrong direction today, would you just help us to turn? Would you invite us to turn and move towards life, to move towards the center? And God, would you place other people in our lives to help us turn and walk together? And would you help us the next time we see others that we would assume are on the outside, that you would have that story of the Pharisee and tax collector in church together just haunt us like crazy? And that story, God, would change and shift the way we see things away from a bounded set to a centered set. That we'd see the ones we assume are on the outside of our little night's tight little circle. And we would see them moving in a direction. And we would look for ways that we can walk together. Um, Jesus, 
Thanks for being the center. I love you today. Amen. May you grow in this grace this morning. <laughs> My goobers are I gotta go. See you guys next week. podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.